grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dearly beloved, you've all received that dreaded call. Sometimes it's expected. Other times, it's a complete shock. That phone call came to me about 6 a.m. on the 24th of January, 2013. Paul, it's David. We're at the hospital. Mom is near death. She's not going to make it more than a few hours. What followed was a combination of disbelief, shock, and prayer. Less than three hours later, my mom fell asleep in Jesus Christ. Mary and Martha are experiencing a similar set of emotions as their brother Lazarus lay ill and death looms near. So they send word to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Jesus had known Mary, Martha, and Lazarus for years. He visited them on numerous occasions when he was in Jerusalem. In a sense, they were like family to him. And yet, despite the urgency of the message Jesus receives, he tells his disciples, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Two days pass. Let us go to, Jer to Judea, says Jesus. Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. That is beautiful language, is it not? Death is but a sleep to Jesus. Though you and I cannot awaken ourselves or our loved ones from death, Jesus can. The disciples think Jesus means physical sleep, a necessary part of recuperating from illness. So Jesus tells them plainly, Lazarus has died. When Jesus arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has been in the tomb for four days. The funeral is over. Family and friends are mourning with Mary and Martha. Why did Jesus wait so long? Why four whole days? Whatever the reason, Lazarus is dead. When Martha hears of Jesus' arrival, she goes out to meet him. Jesus could have worked his miracle right then, but first he teaches. That is the way of our Lord. He loves to work faith, to strengthen hearts, and to open mouths to confess his holy name. So Jesus first speaks a word of comfort. Your brother will rise again. Martha is a God-fearing Jew. She believes what Holy Scripture says about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. Her faith is squarely with Job, who confessed, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. And so she replies to the Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Then comes the heart and center of today's text. Jesus, the author of life, says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. 
and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus has already raised from the dead the the daughter of Jairus and the widow's son in name. Death must yield to him who is the resurrection and the life. Martha, no doubt, was aware of those resurrections. Still, she clings in faith to the resurrection on the last day. That one God has promised. But resurrections before the last day he has not promised. So she confesses, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Mary then comes out to talk to Jesus. When Jesus sees her weeping, he is deeply moved. What follows is the shortest passage in Holy Scripture. He wept. Jesus wept. Here is God crying over the death of a beloved friend. The truth be told, we need to know that God cried. We need to know that he knows what pain and loneliness and heartache feel like. For we have a God who has been tempted, betrayed, hated, forgotten, rejected, stabbed in the back, and spit in the face, as we all have at one point or another. He's been through hell on earth, quite literally. He doesn't just know intellectually what you suffer. He knows existentially, for he has suffered it too, and he has the scars to prove it. Jesus, you see, is true man, born of the Virgin. Sharing fully in our humanity, he knows our sorrows and our suffering. So when you weep at the death of a loved one, know that you don't weep alone. See how he loved him, the crowd exclaims. See how he loves you, I would add. He loves you so much that he himself suffered death and therein conquered this enemy that you would have a share in his resurrection and his life. When Jesus reaches the tomb with Mary and Martha, he tells those present, take away the stone. Martha does not understand. It's been four days, and she has already heard the first-century version of the words, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. She worries about the stench of death behind that tombstone. But Jesus replies, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Once the stone is removed, Jesus lifts up his eyes to heaven, thanks God for hearing him and sending him, and then calls out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. It's been said that if Jesus did not attach Lazarus' name to those words, all the buried bodies within earshot of him would have been resurrected. Whether that's true or not, know this. When Jesus speaks, things happen. He speaks reality into existence. His word always accomplishes the purpose for which he sends it. At his word here, the decomposing stops, the spirit returns, and Lazarus's heart begins beating. Jesus' word wakes Lazarus from the sleep of death 
and Lazarus then walks out of the tomb in his grave clothes. You can imagine Mary and Martha's reaction. Tears of sorrow turned to tears of joy. Though they were looking forward to a joyful reunion on the last day, Jesus gives them a gracious preview of that day in Bethany. Death is not an unconquerable enemy. It must give way to him who is the resurrection and the life. This story does not end here in John chapter 11, though, for there is another death, another burial, another tomb just over the horizon. Lazarus has barely hugged his sisters, and the Jewish leaders are already plotting to silence Jesus, to drum up false charges against him, and to put him to death. Caiaphas, the high priest, prophesies, It is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Standing there with Mary and Martha, and eventually with Lazarus as well, Jesus knows full well that in a little over a week, it will be his turn. One of his own disciples will betray him. All the others will flee. False witnesses will accuse him. Unbelieving Jews will slap him. Soldiers will mock him, beat him, and treat him with contempt. A cowardly governor will sentence him to death. The crowds will jeer at him. His own father will forsake him. And then, when it is finished, when redemption is won, Jesus will give up his spirit, submit to death, and sleep in his own tomb until the third day. Friends, you have a Lord who has walked in your shoes, carried your sin, knows your sorrow, and faced your death. And here's the best part. The grave could not hold him who is the resurrection and the life. Jesus, as you know, rose victoriously. He lives never to die again, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. Today and every Lord's Day, he calls out to you behind the tombstone of your own sin and shame. Come out, take off the grave clothes of sin, walk in the newness of life I freely give you. Friends, when he calls, answer. Where he leads, follow. The cross he gives you to bear, carry in his strength. Just don't go it alone. Heed your shepherd's voice, for he has words of resurrection and life to speak to you. Words you need to hear on a regular basis. Words that are spirit and life. Words that bestow forgiveness and hope. Words that deliver the same body once broken and the same blood once shed on Calvary. Words that turn sorrow into joy. Words that endure to eternal life. Yes, you still may get that dreaded phone call someday. Hurry, come quickly, so-and-so is near death. When you do, know that you are not alone. Jesus knows your sorrow and weeps with you. And he has something incredible planned on the last day for all those who believe on him and confess his name in this life. Contrary to outward appearances, 
The one holy Christian and apostolic church never loses members to death. It merely transfers them from the church militant here on earth to the church triumphant in heaven. What's more, as your loved one is laid to rest, remember this. That resting place is called a cemetery, a Greek word that means sleeping place. Do you see the connection with Lazarus? The same Lazarus of whom Jesus said, he's just sleeping. Finally, rejoice in this. When Jesus returns on the last day, he will stand by your grave and call your name. And though you will be sleeping in the grave, you will hear his voice, be awakened to new life, and then spend an eternity with your Lord and all of his people in paradise. That's because Jesus' words to Martha are for you also. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Dear friends, see how much he loves you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace, 